Hello, Internet. Welcome to another episode of This on That, a show where we take people we like talking about stuff they like. I am Mike Soleri. I'm Chad Foglin. And today we're talking with Neil McNeil, a guy who just absolutely loves comic books. And what we're talking about is comics and women. Women in comic books. Women in, yeah, women in comics. Marvel women in comic books. Oh, Marvel. Yeah, we're talking about the specific Marvel, mar- the specific comics. Yeah, I, rem- I realized in the middle of talking about this that I was, at one point I was like, should I bring up Harley Quinn? And I was like, oh no, we're talking about Marvel, not DC. Well, we talked about, we end up talking about a lot of different things. We, we talked about, about Green Lantern. We, we kind of go all over the place. Yeah. yeah, but it's still fun. And I think people who really are into comic books or into women are into. <laughs> I'm into women, Mike. You think I'll like this podcast? I think you will, especially because you're on it, and I know you like hearing your own voice. Oh, I hate hearing my own voice. (laughs) Well, we should just stop talking and let Neil, who unabashedly loves comics, talk about this. Here it goes. Neil McNeil. It is. And you're like, no, go to this website or do this or that. <laughs> yeah, and there's a there. Are, I actually want to buy an iPad because there's a, a whole bunch of them where you can just like download. You can just yeah, I have yeah. a. I bought a Kindle. Fi- yeah, I bought a Kindle Fire for like forty bucks from a friend's girlfriend. Uh, <laughs> just so you can read. Well, it was meant for work, so I could put scripts on it. And I honestly hate reading <laughs> on a script, so I'm like, now I just have this thing that I'd never use. I mean, it was only forty bucks, so I'll, I'll find use for it eventually. Use it for comics. Yeah, I mean, people always try to get me to read stuff like that, like that and mangas on. Uh, on the, I just, I always love having like a physical thing, and I mean, there, are, there are some titles that I absolutely do love, and I will read. Mm-hmm. The only comic that I've, and I've mentioned it on the show already, but Sex Criminals is the only comic I'll actually go by the individual. Okay. Magazine. That's like of, your gateway comic. <laughs> you're like, oh, he's so, he's so new you're, into you're, it. You're, you're getting it. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, it, like once you get. Once you get it down with one comic series, like my gateway comic was Buffy the Vampire Slayer back I, in the day. Now, see, I read season eight yeah. on uh, like up until the second a lot. I didn't read the last two uh-huh. collections, but that's the thing. I always like buying the collections. Yeah. I don't like. I can't wait for the thing and pay three bucks for whatever mm-hmm. and and all that stuff. That's that's my whole thing with comics. I love graphic well, novels. I love contained things. Mm-hmm. I loved when I in college I read the Scott Pilgrim stuff. Like yeah. that was really easy to read cuz there's six books. That's all I knew I had to buy. Mm-hmm. It wasn't an ongoing thing. People were like read Saga. I'm like Saga's a saga. I can <laughs> I like I can't, I can't. And well, it's it's a ritual for some people. Like they come here like you know, yeah. they go to the store every Tuesday or whatever and every get Wednesday. The, or Wednesday, that's right. Yeah. It's been a while. I I um, graduated from SCAD with a degree in sequential arts, so like I was really into like going right into college, but then I kind of got burnt out in it, mm-hmm. and so like not until recently I've been kind of like I know a lot about the history and origin of a lot of like comic books and stuff, but I haven't really been into it for many years. It- so I've been kind of getting back into it a little bit. And I, I'm sure we'll be able to really d- discern how much of a fanboy Neil is f- as this conversation goes on. Mm-hmm. But I need to preface the audience by saying that he is dressed as the most like fanboy <laughs> ever. He's got the Veronica Mars Kickstarter shirt on underneath a Spider-Gwen sweatshirt with a Steven Universe hat on. I mean, if his sho- I'm sh- assuming his shoes are also from something. No, they're just florals. <laughs> just a nice floral Doc Martin boot. <laughs> So yeah, I mean that that screams your personality right off the bat. And I we're dress talk- like a five year old. <laughs> you're not you're not the first one. Like I've met several. Minzwi, uh, he also dresses a lot like you. He's a guy you could find down here at Nerd's School. He will always be dressed as Spider Man. Yeah, yeah. Or, or has, someone out of Dragon Ball. He has <laughs> multiple uh, Spider Man hoodies. hoodies. Yeah, this is just my one. For Spider Man, he's been switching movies. to Captain America a lot now I that Civil War that. Yeah. has come out. But we're not talking about Captain America. We're no, talking. We're, <laughs> we're talking more about the ladies. Enough about men. So Let's I know talk we're about the ladies. Well, we're talking. Well, I've seen a lot of stuff. We talked about this on Chad's other podcast about how we might see a female James Bond. Will we ever see female Captain America? We better. I mean, we have. I mean, we have Miss America, who I love so much. America Chavez. She is great. She's a wonderful character. They have brought her into the main Marvel continuity. She started off as like an offshoot character who was like in like a parallel universe or whatever, and then they brought her onto the Young Avengers, and then from the Young Avengers, she took part in the um, secret wars that were happening. She was an integral part of that, and now she's on the Ultimates, which is Captain um, Captain Marvel's team in space that is trying to prevent catastrophe from ever reaching the earth so she would make a great captain america and she is an out queer lady of color 
and I love her so much. She is just the most wonderful and fun character. Her tagline is, she's beauty, she's grace, she'll punch you in the face. <laughs> so, I, I that the, first off, the, all the alternate universes <laughs> in comics and DC and Marvel universe, we're just, let's start by just DC Marvel. Let's not go into other stuff right now, because there's mm-hmm. so much we can get into. That's another thing. I'm like, oh, God, think about all these other things. No, this takes place in Earth 153. Like, <laughs> I, I, and I'm sure people are like, what, there is no 153, it's 157. Like, yeah. what do you... No, it's 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 all the uh, all the multiple timelines. They've really been trying to reel it in lately, but like they're still it's still confusing. But it's actually a blessing in disguise because it gives you a gateway into other universes, mm-hmm. into characters that you might not normally. Uh, it's it's it gets overwhelming sometimes. Mm-hmm. And in the case of like Ultimate Spider-Man, which took place on an alternate universe, you could start from the beginning of that and catch up after like a hundred issues or so. You know, I'm not. I know this isn't our topic, but I'm actually genuinely interested. And you can sum this up really quick. The ultimate stuff. So I know there's like Ultimate X Men, Ultimate Punisher, Ultimate mm-hmm. Spider Man, and I know like it just looks a little bit more realistic. Is that like the gist of it? Like, yeah. What was what was the sense of the ultimate stuff? Because I also know they did video games of like this is the ultimate Spider Man video game. Or... The ultimate stuff is more of along the lines of if these characters had been created in a modern world, what would their first stories have been? Okay, that, instead this... of, instead of like the 40s and the 60s. Does this, um... It goes back. Does this go back to? Uh, wasn't there like an Avengers? Like they're called the Ultimates or whatever. Mm-hmm. Where the Hulk like ate um, for Eddie Prince Jr. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I remember. I oh, there was like I I feel like I I'm I'm probably way off, but I remember reading like because it was it was it's it was like the Avengers in there in the real world and like. Bruce Banner is basically locked up, and like they, and he's just trying to do science stuff for Shield or whatever, and they, they keep him locked up because like the Hulk and shit, mm-hmm. and <laughs> and uh, um, I think it's Betty, right? It's a, yeah. yeah, she's she's like a Hollywood reporter or something, so she's interviewing like Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> and I guess like um, she he Freddie Prince Jr. is it's been known that he's always hit on her or whatever, mm-hmm. and I guess Bruce finds out and then break like breaks out and the Hulk's just like fucking rampaging through like New York. Yeah. Or I I think it's in New York. Oh, okay. And like, that's the, this is like the whole, like the whole point of like the book, the, all the ultimates like get back together and like, uh, uh, and it's, uh, yeah. Like, and then, yeah, he runs, he get climbs up the building and like fucking bites (laughs) Freddie Prince Jr. in half, like eats him basically in this book. And then Captain America runs down and like, like Iron Man's there, and like, and the Hulk just beats the shit out of Iron Man, and then like, and Wasp and Hank Pym are like, they have like a uh, abusive relationship, and like oh, he's no. always like hitting her or something. <laughs> like it's well, just crazy. It's like horrible. That. And then yeah, and then yeah, Captain America comes down, and like, and there's like th- like two two or three pages where he's just beating the shit out of the Hulk, like just boom, boom, kick. He kicks him in the nuts, <laughs> like he's boom, boom, kick, kick, and like everyone's like, yeah, fuck Captain America's back. And the Hulk just catches him at one point and just breaks his arm and throws, tosses him to the side. And, like, that, I remember that very particular, like, being one of the last comics I really read about. I was like, holy shit, because of my friend uh, Blair Butler is, like, a huge into comics. Mm -hmm. And I didn't read a lot. And then when I moved out to L.A., like, I I hung out with Blair and, like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, no, it really did happen. Yeah, and did, uh, Trevor, our engineer, just sent me a picture of the Hulk, kind of looking like King Kong. Says Hulk want Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah, I remember. See, I, I'm not right. Ah, yeah, yeah. Blair Butler turned me on that, and I remember reading that book, and I was like, "Holy shit, this is crazy!" It was one of the last ones. Did I, they yeah. go into what happened to Sarah Michelle Geller after that? I did. That's what I'm concerned about. <laughs> so wait, sure. there's a comic book series that is. Sarah Michelle Gellar post the Hulk ripping Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> I would, and she she becomes like a, uh, like a rogue vigilante. Like, I would yeah. read that. I would be really good. And then like all the Avengers stuff just happens like in the background. You hear it on the radio, uh-huh. but it's just focused on Sarah Michelle Gellar. <laughs> just being like, what do I do Sarah now? Sarah Michelle Gellar. No, yeah, absolutely. And then she starts going into a psychosis where she thinks she actually is Buffy. And yeah. in the real world, it's just like, hey, listen, there's no vampires. No, there's vampires. And I have to kill the Hulk to and, stop that. And I am super strong. You're, Sarah, you're not super strong. You can't no, fight no. the Hulk. Go, go the other way with like a momento it and have like somebody be like, yeah, yeah, Sarah, no, we found some more vampires. And then they're just like basically make her <laughs> into a hitman. Or like, we're, here's pictures of vampires. So, we guys, found. I think it's fair to say we're cutting this part out of the podcast <laughs> doing this. Because it's a great idea. Yeah, and we're not letting anyone know. But uh, so uh, transitioning, uh, women, Marvel, that's yeah. what we're talking about. Well, it's Talk funny. to me. Talk, you introduced this topic. Talk to me beginning of this yeah so i i would actually going back to freddie prince jr getting ripped apart by the hulk sarah michelle geller as buffy the vampire slayer was one of like the first strong female characters i remember ever seeing 
on television. And like as an eight year old queer kid, I was just like, oh, okay, this is this is normal. Come to find out, characters like this don't always exist. Yeah, like that was a weird, like that was a very special uh, show that that never really explored this kind of character before. But like me growing up, like after the show ended, I'm like, okay, what's the next Buffy? And people are like, there is no next Buffy. Like yeah. that was there's Angel. There's Angel, and I'm like, no. Nobody wants to watch Angel. Nobody wants to watch a show about Los Angeles. Los Angeles is hell. We get it. You don't have to make it a metaphor in the show. Uh, so from See, there, I kind I, of like... I liked Angel. I, no, I loved Angel. <laughs> but after seeing its portrayal of downtown Los Angeles as a hellscape, and I was like, that can't be real. Where there's no sun ever. <laughs> Getting here, I'm like, oh my God, this show is too real. Like, I, be I would believe it if there was an evil law firm, like, manipulating things in downtown Los Angeles to just be absolutely shitty. But no, um, so from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I kind of got into comics through that. My mom would always bring me home issues of the Buffy the Vampire Slayer comic. I read a lot of Sabrina the Teenage Witch comics when I was growing up. I love that show. <laughs> but yeah, no, so Sabrina the Teenage Witch and Buffy the Vampire Slayer were like the first female-driven comics that I started reading. And then from there, people were like, you should read the X-Men. And I'm like, oh, you mean that really cool cartoon? I love that cartoon. By the way, I love that cartoon. We were talking on another episode about recording stuff with VHSs. I used to be like, I'm going to miss X-Men and I have to VHS record this. <laughs> it was a good cartoon. <laughs> yeah. I also loved uh, X-Men Evolution. Loved. It was so good. And it was such like a good so contained good. story. It was a good serialization of like a, here's a season long arc for a comic when or I, a cartoon show. When I, was in high, when I was in college, I started developing an idea that was basically the live action X-Men evolution but it would be the whole marvel universe like it'd be like them all going to high school together that would be and wonderful then, and it was gene gray i wrote was the main character so i called it shades of gray and then somebody <laughs> wait somebody went like so you mean like 50 shades of gray i'm like wait, wait what are you talking about what is that i hadn't heard about it yet oh. it was like right when the book had come out and i was like oh you gotta be fucking shitting me oh, and then no. and then they went into that whole th and then i realized i'm like oh that could never happen because of the whole x-men fox and yeah. the disney marvels that's stuff. the shitty part of this all is that People, the studios are just too stuck in their ways, and they won't allow characters to cross over because except we could have Spider-Man, except for Spider-Man, and hopefully that provides a good model for the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and all cinematic universes. So that way, the Fantastic Four can get the treatment they deserve. Listen, we could easily have some sort of weird alternate timeline shit with the X-Men. They've already introduced the idea that there are multiple timelines going on, that there mm -hmm. are multiple realities. We could have one reality of the X-Men in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They don't have to be the exact same. X-Men. It could be completely different, completely different well, cast. Well, yeah, exactly. I think that's what will happen eventually because Hugh Jackman literally can't be Wolverine forever. And no. I don't think he wants to. Good. Nor do all those characters. I mean, they're eventually they're going to get older. And I mean, even the people who are already in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I know we're kind of getting away from the women of it. They're probably getting sick of it. I mean, Robert Downey Jr. has been Iron Man for, what, 11 years now? Mm -hmm. And that's a thing. He can't be Iron Man forever. Yeah, and neither can, and Chris Hemsworth's not going to want to be Thor forever, and I don't know how much sh I mean you can really rely on Hawkeye because Jeremy Renner will play that forever. Yeah, I think and, I think after Infinity War we're going to see a real shift in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, like it's going to. I think that's that's what everyone's been saying. Like that's why uh, somebody said Doctor Strange is going to blow everyone's mind. Well, the thing with Doctor Strange is that I think they're going to introduce the whole mystical element into the Marvel Universe. Like they've been very clear about that, but I think it's going to open up doorways for characters like the Scarlet Witch to really be explored properly mm -hmm. and not just be like, oh, she has. Crazy telekinesis powers. Yeah, that's a. I, I, I wish they could have done more with Scarlet Witch. Well, also, I think I think they will. They also yeah, have they like weird terminology. They can't say certain words in the Marvel. They can't call her a mutant, for yeah. instance. She's yeah. a what is it like an a in, pa like a like a they powered. Call, they call her some. They call her in Quicksilver something specific. Mm -hmm. That they have to legally have to, yeah. And it's so it's so funny that these are the things we t are talking about in courts. It's like the the gray areas of what constitutes. Uh, well, they were both Avengers, but yeah, but they're X Men. But what what are they really? And mm -hmm. then there's d arbitrations about that. Well, you know that Marvel retconned their whole origin, and they're like, oh, by the way, they were never really mutants. Yeah, yeah. That was so annoying. That was just that was just Marvel being but like, oh, you don't want to give us these what, characters back? We're gonna fuck with them. So what about? Okay, so we've talked about. Buffy and Sarah Michelle Gellar really giving you this like female go strong thing, mm -hmm. and we were talking a little bit about, Scar about Scarlet Witch. But what are the other female? Well, first of all, Marvel female women. I yes. mean, we're all kind of aware of Black Widow. We're all kind of aware of now. There's female Thor. Mm -hmm. Uh, what, what are the ones that I don't know? Because I feel like you Ms. know Marvel. Miss Marvel. Sorry, Miss Marvel is the main one. She Hulk. Um, 
She-Hulk, I love She-Hulk. I mean, there's always Jessica Jones. Like, Jessica she's Jones. always someone Jessica that Jones I will is amazing. throw I, I, on you. I'm just, I'm just, I'm literally. How good was that TV show? Too, it was so it. good. It was really good. Neil, it's like your favorite show, isn't it? Okay, so Neil I, loves Kristen Ritter. I love Kristen Ritter, and I love Jessica Jones. There are two things that are a constant in this world, and it's my love of those two <laughs> be ethereal beings. Anybody and, who's ever been friends with Neil McNeil on any social media is aware of this fact. Listen, okay, so I, I read Jessica Jones probably back in like 2004. 2007 when it first initially came out I was like a 16 year old kid I didn't understand like all the themes that it was exploring so I went back a little bit later and reread it and I was like oh this is actually about like abusive relationships PTSD mm-hmm. like this is actually a well, very yeah, the, the whole TV show is about rape survival yeah it's about it's about a survival of uh, someone who was a victim of rape and again at 16 they don't really teach that sort of stuff yeah. in school so I kind of had to um Fly by the seat of my pants on that and be like, oh, like this is like this actually happens. Became one of my favorite series. That's the craziest of all time. thing about comics, I think, is that they help educate kids on like real world shit. They really do, and it's it's weird to think that like uh, n- not in a comic sense necessarily, but uh, Veronica Mars, the shirt that I'm wearing, absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. Um, the only reason that I knew that I accidentally got roofied in college once was because of Veronica Mars. Season three. Season well, season one, a trip to oh, the dentist right. when she gets uh the drink that yeah, was meant yeah, for yeah. someone else, and I was like. You know that storyline sounds oddly familiar. Like rewatching it, I was like, I think that happened to me. And I, I went through the night, talked to some friends, and I was like, Oh yeah, that definitely happened to me. It was weird. And I actually thanked Rob Thomas once for that. And I was like, Because of you, I knew I got roofied. Thank you. <laughs> Did you say that while you were like making eye contact, shaking hands, and not letting go. Yeah, and wearing <laughs> and wearing a pirate's Letterman jacket. Ah. <laughs> and he's like, You're. He's like, Who are you? And I was just like, Your biggest fan. Um, and, so, and then he went and whispered to somebody. He's like, hey, so get this guy. guy yeah, yeah, yeah. Never let him near me. Yeah, again. no. Luckily, I was the last person in line. Otherwise, he would have been like, okay, we're done now. Bye. <laughs> uh, no, so like characters like Jessica Jones have a really awesome potential to educate people who would never necessarily get um, an, an understanding of this kind of stuff that's going on. Well, that's what uh, I, I did. Like, I was talking to somebody in college many years ago about how like comic books are almost like it's a way of like get it's almost like a secret message in a way because like because parents don't look at comics as being like anything other than oh it's just cartoons yeah and as a kid like when you're 16 17 years old or like even 15 14 years old and you're reading a comic book like you're introduced to things like segregation racism like mm-hmm. uh the feeling of being feeling different and persecuted for that feeling or like actually having an idea that's different from other ideas like there's a lot of heavy stuff that's like kind of in there that you know like you're allowed to it's like it's almost like given like big it's like given a rated r um, movie when Mm -hmm. you're like 14 years old and be able to watch it and actually understand it and be like oh well not even understand it it being like your first introduction to certain aspects of life yeah and what's really interesting like the the way you talk about these comics things and parents are it's hard to bridge that gap where you when do i want to start transitioning out of the innocence because you kind of as a parent i assume Mm -hmm. want to have like let them enjoy life of ignorance as much as they can and not have to be burdened by the shitty world that we live in Mm -hmm. and but then there's also moments where like well they have to have coping mechanisms they have to be able to survive certain things well when do i start telling about things this is a great thing because that way parents don't have to make the decision it's Mm -hmm. kind of like you the it's how the revolution starts people pass around pamphlets but the pamphlets are now comic books yeah no it's it's Mm -hmm. it's a wonderful way to educate kids without actually directly educating them yeah so that way people can learn about like we said all those differences Mm -hmm. uh and all that stuff especially in the days of yore where people really didn't talk about things like racism or homosexuality or other things Well, and that's like and that's kind of the problem with history right is like during these developmental age ages of like you know between 12 and 18 is like really when you kind of discover who you are and how you feel about certain things and like really it's how you become like a liberal or a conservative basically and during those formal years is like you kind of make your stand or like at least base you know you build your foundation of what you're going to try to believe on for the rest of your life and if you are uh you know not given the opportunity to see as much as you you know opportunities to see as much then you kind of become stilted and then that's kind of how anyway that's just the theory i've read once is that like that's kind of how racism kind of starts is like because during this age is like if you're told like no no that that this these people are bad these people are bad and you never get a chance to actually see it for the whole and you scope have... of what it is then you do that can becomes like part of your foundation is like yeah that's bad well, also you're born thinking my mom and dad know everything yeah exactly mm-hmm. and 
if your mom and dad has a hang up and they or they don't understand something, you don't you can't process that because you are told because you were they were the ones who told you hot water is hot mm-hmm. and you touch it and you go yep it's hot and then so they they were right about that they must be right about everything yeah there are so many things my mom because she listens to every episode is gonna get pissed off at me but there are so many things that my mom told me and as I grew up I'm like that was so wrong. Whoa. <laughs> What was that? And I or start, starting to know things, and every we'll all do that. We're gonna do things that like are gonna be so like gonna be like so wrong for our kids or something, or bring mm-hmm. a hang up, and like some of them are gonna grow and be like, "What the hell was he talking about?" Well, it's generational, man. Too yeah. like yeah. I mean, you're we're gonna have kids, and we're gonna be feeling a certain way about something, and the world's gonna change. shift or change when they get to that age, and then we're gonna be the ones who are gonna be like. You're so old and like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> the best thing my parents ever did for me was, I think I was like 13 or 14 and we were learning about the election in school. So mm-hmm. I came home and I, we were at dinner and I was like, hey, like, what political party are you guys? Just very curious. And their response was, we don't want to tell you because we want you to be able to make your own decisions in that regard. That's very, very, very wise of them. And I was like, okay, so Republicans. <laughs> you just don't want to tell me because you yeah. know something's up with me. No, no, no. But they, they just, they always had this sense of like, I don't know. That's a very democratic thing to say. That's, it, such, a, that's such a liberal. No, you're gonna make your own path. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's it's my parents have always kind of like had faith in us as as we were growing up that we were gonna make good decisions, bad decisions, and learn from them. Oh, sorry, I I hate interrupting. So oh I no, stopped. no, no. But I, I think that that's also the people who wrote comics. I think Stanley and all those people realized that kids were smart and they could talk, tell certain things. They didn't have to sugarcoat things. They didn't have to slowly handhold. Mm-hmm. They could just lay stuff out and realize that people were gonna pick up what they pick up. Yeah. Well, well that I mean that there you know there was a time in comic books where like sup like people's superpowers basically just didn't have any problems, right? Mm-hmm. And then like Stanley. And Jack Kirby and some of those guys came along and were like, no, let's let's make superheroes who actually have to deal with the fact that when they take off the mask or they take off the cape, they have real shit they have well, to I deal with. Well, I think that's why, in my, I mean, personally, I think that's why Sp- Spider-Man connected so much with so many people, aside from being a young guy. He's one of the first that, ones. Yeah, like. that was the whole thing, giving him that whole thing of, uh, I have to do this because Uncle Ben died. Mm-hmm. I mean, Batman kind of had that in his way. That's kind of what drove him. But, but Batman the, was like, wham, I'm rich. It was, but yeah, it wasn't no, his fault. It wasn't his that fault. That was the thing. is like Spider-Man was like poor. He still had to fucking work. Yeah. Like, no, it, I know. Yeah, that. I mean, that was one of the big things that I think connected with people was like, and, like oh shit! Like he's got his hobby of being a superhero essentially, but he still has to go to his day job yeah. and like make money. But also, there's a great thing because they could because it's a comic book. People easily wrote it off, so people, they could say whatever they wanted, and people really didn't notice. It was like it was funny in high school. You're you're or high school. People used to get mad. Like parents used to get mad. Like don't listen to cursing music. Like all that stuff. And cursing music just translated to rap music. And yeah. I was at my friend's house, and we were listening to like a Ben Folds album. And my friend was like, listen. She he's gonna she's not going to catch him cursing because she'll only hear it if it's in a rap song. Mm-hmm. So like we're listening to, there's a, like there's literally a Ben Fold song. I butchering the name, but it's like a around the name of "Fuck This Bitch" or something like that <laughs> or whatever. Uh-huh. It was on uh, the Suburbs album or whatever mm-hmm. it was, and it was so funny. She, his mom's like cleaning dishes, not catching any of it. <laughs> and he's like, "Watch what happens if I put on this rap song and puts on like puts on like an Eminem song or something." And she's like, "Turn that garbage off." And it's kind of like the same thing, though. Like people like write used you at least used to. I think people look at comics a little bit more scholarly now. They really do, and it's it's a it's a big gateway to tell a lot more expansive stories over the course of like 10, 15 issues where people yeah. wouldn't normally have that. Like back in the day, like comic stories were contained over the course of like maybe like one or like tune in next month for the two part finale of blah blah blah, like the Apocalypse Wars. Like we saw those big titles that like stretched out over years and years, but then we also saw the ones that were just like okay, in this issue, like Gene and scott are gonna have a problem and go on a date and then they're gonna come home and everything's gonna be fine and it's like you can tell a longer story than that it doesn't have to be over the course of one issue yeah that's why i love stories like avengers versus x-men or secret wars or i love playing those video games like marvel versus capcom the video games are so much fun um i was addicted to one on my phone for the longest time uh what was it it wasn't contest of champions it was marvel's ultimate alliance I played that like twice. Colin Sherman sent me a request on mm-hmm. Facebook, and I was like, I'll check it out. Oh, no. Colin and I were deep in it to the point where they had all these really cool um, female characters who weren't introduced in – like they they weren't like introduced into the main Marvel Cinematic Universe, and that was like what they were capitalizing on. They're like, oh, like we're going to release the characters who were in the movies. Then they started re- releasing people like Nico 
and She-Hulk, and even Singularity, who's a new comic book character who people don't really know about. But they're like last name. Yeah, no, she's awesome. We don't know a lot about her just yet, but she's kind of like this cosmic force that just has derived from the universe and from the convergence of multiple Marvel worlds. Kind of like a female vision. Kind of, but she's more um, ethereal. She's yeah, she's more ethereal. Um, she can like teleport people like inside her body. Like she's just like a walking universe, and I love it. <laughs> and they introduced her to the video game, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll spend forty bucks to get her. That's cool. Ah. And at that point, I was like, I need to delete this game off my phone. Not only is it that's taking a, up that's too much the space, stuff. It's like I was becoming one of those pay for players, yeah, and that's I hard to... that's how they make their money. I couldn't allow myself to do that. I was like, this is a great game. I'm so happy. I was like, I have to support female characters. But not. But at what cost? At what cost? Well, uh, speak, speaking of like like superheroes with like problems, like I I'm I'm very intrigued by. I don't know a, a lot about her, but I, like I brought up Miss Marvel recently. Well, do you uh, mean early. Captain Marvel or Miss Marvel? What's I've maybe I'm maybe you think Captain Marvel. I might be thinking Captain Marvel. I know because she's. Uh, you mean Carol? Uh, the Muslim. No, no, that's Miss Marvel. That's Miss Marvel. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's what I was talking about. Was yeah. like because she's. That's interesting to me that like. The, the comic books are like, yeah, no, we're going to have a female character, superhero, and she's also going to be a Muslim. Like, that's, I think that's, like, amazing. It's, it's, for the longest time, we've had male characters who were like, they can be this, and they can be that, and blah, yeah. blah, blah. But it's like, the female character is, her thing is, she's female. Yeah. Like, that's the thing that what, sets or, her or, apart. Or they do, like, here's this male character that you know and love, and here's the female version of that. Yeah. It's not, but it's not really bringing anything else. Like, I feel like that's what we saw with Supergirl or Batgirl until they got yeah. a little bit more developed. What, what's the... Mm-hmm. Trevor, you might know this. Trevor's a big comic guy, especially um, The Flash. I, He's it's literally... Not, it's, I, I, I want to say it's either The Flash or Green Lantern. What's the, the girl in the fridge moment? Like, uh, Green Lantern. Green Lantern, that's right. Yeah, and he came home and... Yeah, oh, is the Fridge Girl. Yeah. Oh, what a good name, Fridge Girl. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was one of the worst moments. Yeah, like. That was how uh, writer Gail Simone came onto the scene, because she started that website. Uh, yeah, Girl in a Fridge. Fridge. Yeah. And that's how she got taken mm-hmm. from I knew from the get-go when we were doing this topic, I should have set up a mic for you, but... <laughs> I, I, that's, I, yeah, that's, uh, is that website, that website's still up, right? Girl in a Fridge? Or yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, it lists yeah. all the yeah. tropes. Yeah, you should yeah. De- definitely check out that website. Check out also TV Tropes. Yeah, no, TV Tropes. <laughs> TV Tropes. Is, you, you can spend eight hours on TV Tropes and be like, my day. <laughs> you got to be, be careful. But no, fridging is a legitimate thing that happens yeah. not only in comic books, but in TV shows, too, where yeah, they're Indiana just like, Jones. yeah, they just, they just kill the female character for absolutely no reason other than to drive forward a male narrative. Oh, I yeah. am sick of that. Well, I am uh, so well, sick of literally, that. Literally, really guys, this is timely. Neil posted something on Facebook two days ago <laughs> that was, hate, I hate. This goes. This post goes out to all the female characters created to uh, just to be killed off to forward a male story. And literally a hundred people just posted fit pictures. A lot were wrong. They no, were, no, no. They, they had their own stories and yeah. died. Yeah, but but but, lo- but others are on point. No, a lot of it was just like I was like, feel free to post pics of your faves, and it was just like hundreds and hundreds of just pictures of women who have died over the years. Well, I also know that people are really up in arms about the 100 right now, kind of, about all that. Yeah, so the thing with the 100 is, it's uh, set in a post-apocalyptic future. CW show. CW show, which, you know, I am CW trash. I am all about the CW. I love it. <laughs> that's my dream job, is to it's write like the, a show for like, the CW. It's like the only show on CW that's not created by Greg Berlanti and not Supernatural. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's a wonderful show that explores like females in power and like queer ladies and it's just like it's like very just like it's it's and i don't what? want i don't want to say game of thrones but like it's almost like there's like different like tribes in but isn't the world it also like a i have never seen it but isn't it also kind of like a battle royale kind yeah of it's thing? like because there's a few people and yeah it's battle royale meets game of thrones centered around the teenagers and it's great and there's like a whole weird and, like and ai the guy from lost is in it. yeah one of the guys from lost is in it and there's like a whole like ai um aspect to it too so it's like again it's like futuristic but it's also like set in like a savage land where there's like little to no technology but they also have like all these really advanced weapons. And um, the lead character, Clark, she fell in love with Lexa, who was the leader of like a rival tribe. Um, and they finally consummated their relationship. Oh, Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Star-crossed lovers. Star-crossed lovers. And then well, Lexa... Juliet and Juliet. Yeah. <laughs> Juliet and Juliet. Juliet and Juliet. And then Lexa got shot after they had just had sex, which is a very common... It's another trope that oftentimes... As soon as somebody does something, it's kind of... You know, it, it's, it's so weird because... There's so many, like, you look at the, let's go back to, like, the slasher movies of the mm-hmm. 70s. 
it's like whenever anybody straight or gay had sex, yeah. they were killed. And it's kind of like saying it's like, well, what was what if we look peel back the onion? What are we really saying about this? Is it saying that uh, premarital sex is bad? Mm-hmm. I honestly don't believe anybody who ever makes these slasher movies thinks oh, no, that. They don't think but, that. But that's a but that's something that comes to it. So then it's like, I don't think the creators intentionally go. I don't. I think. I think gay sex is wrong, or I think gay love is wrong. Mm-hmm. And the second that they indulge on it, that person deserves to die. I don't think that that's in their head. Oh no, but not it's at there all. when you peel back the onion. Yeah. So the 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 reason people get so up in arms about this is because it happens all the time. It happens all the time, and it's an emotional high mixed with an emotional low. Um, you see that a lot of times as a writer, you're like, okay, we have to like keep this journey going. We can't make the script stagnant. Like we have to have it like go up and down. Like it's got to have peaks. It's got to have valleys. And that makes it heartbreaking. It's it, like when uh. Yeah. It's like when Tara got shot. Yeah, that was kind of the start of it all. Well, not the start of it all. Like This has been happening for a while. Um, but the reason that, especially queer characters, this is such like a, like a big deal for the people who watch it is that we don't have a lot of representation on TV. We don't have a lot of these characters who we can look up to and say, like, I see myself in Tara. I see myself in Lexa. It's great to see uh, same-sex relationships happening on my television. Please give me more of this. And then to go back on a common trope that has been around for... As long as storytelling has been around uh, to kill one of these significant others, yeah. people get upset about it because they're like, well, there goes half of the representation I just saw of myself on TV. Fuck this show. Does that happen in comics a lot too or no? Or is it just television really? With comics, it's less it, – it happens, but those characters – like in comics, you're never dead. Mm-hmm. Like in television, if unless you're in Supernatural, you're pretty much going to be – you're going to stay dead. Like Willow couldn't even bring Tara back. In comics, it's different because, like, you have alternate universes, you yeah. have alternate timelines, characters always come back, ends up being a scroll that was killed or whatever. Uh, so it, 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 it happens. Always, I, I got to say, it's such a dick move to be like, oh, yeah, we made you care, but that really wasn't them. It was someone impersonating them or it was mm-hmm. this or they're not really dead. They're in a coma. Like, Yeah, kinda. and I would love to see a comic book, and this is way off topic, but just because of the scrolls, I, I get so tired of them. Uh, I would love to see, <laughs> What's like. What's the scrolls for people like me who don't know? They are a shape-shifting race from outer yeah. space. There we are. Yeah, they've, they, yeah, they're, they're horrible. <laughs> I would love to see a scroll genocide, and not, not that I would love to like kill off a whole race. Yeah, but it would. I think it would be wonderful if there was like a thing where like wherever they come from, their planet is destroyed, or whatever, and then there's only like a handful of scrolls left. Yeah. So that that the writers don't aren't so like will just like throw that away like throw so many like characters or like storyboards just like oh that was, it was a scroll the whole time yeah no no no, no. Yeah, like, yeah, uh, yeah. scrolls because scroll. there's only like 15 of them left in the universe or something that would be amazing like it'd, right? it'd be nice to not have to fall back on that sort of yeah. narrative where it's just like okay well we fucked something up uh let's go back a little bit let's let's reel back like dc is having that right now with rebirth where they're like the past five years have not been good. Yeah. Like, what do we do? We literally just say the past five years didn't happen. And if you read DC Rebirth, it, there's there's a there's a whole like pl- there's a whole it's Wally West is in the Speed Force and he's like narrating this as he's like traveling back in time. Like, I think he is the Speed Force or something weird. And he's like, the past five years have all been a manipulation and it's all been awful. We're gonna go back and stop it. It's like, wow, you really just gave the big old middle finger to yeah. yourself as a publisher. <laughs> yeah, really. So that sort of stuff happens all the time in comics where it's like, we're going to retcon this and we're going to get rid of this. We're going to add this in and we're just going to pretend like things are normal now. Yeah. Uh, the same thing happened in Marvel recently with the um, convergence of all the universes into one during the Secret Wars. Um, they pretty much got to, they're like, we have so many fucking universes. We have so many characters. We have so many versions of these characters. Let's pick and choose our favorites from the universe, have all the worlds converge into one, and then create our favorite timeline ever. Yeah. They were just like, oh, okay, well, this Spider-Man from this universe, uh, Spider-Gwen will be around, uh, this version of Iron Man. And, like, you literally, like, in the Secret Wars, you saw these characters interacting with their other selves. And they're like, this is weird. Only one of us is probably going to survive this. <laughs> and it was it was just so, like, I got a little sick. I got a little upset at that point. And I was like, yeah, I, it's I was a like, little much. Yeah, I was like, I'll come back when you guys finally decide what is happening. But until then, please just... Tell good stories. Like, please yeah. tell good stories. Like, I was reading, because whenever they release these big overarching uh, storylines, like Secret Wars was eight issues over the course of, like, four or five months, mm-hmm. they also released, like, tie-in titles. And I, as as the uh, as the feminist that I am, yeah, I'm going to get a lot of hate comments for that. <laughs> um, I, I picked up every single female-led book just to be like, what's happening with these ladies? And A-Force, have you heard of it? Mm-mm. It's one of my absolute favorite current comics. I have don't you, know it. What is it? It's... A-Force is, it, it 
first was formed in the Secret Wars in Battle World. It was a um, it was a team of powerful women who um lived on this one plot of land called Arcadia, which was like a battle. It was a it was it was like a battle world within this whole universe or something along those lines. And they were the task force to protect this town of Arcadia. It consisted of Captain Marvel, She-Hulk, Medusa from the Inhumans, uh, Nico from um, the uh, the Runaways, not the Young Avengers, and Dazzler. And it's a team of like five like super powerful like badass women. And then they meet Singularity, who I was talking about yeah. earlier. And they have to figure out like who is she, like where did she come from, like what is her purpose here. And they have to protect her from um, the the army of Thors, who are like this is this is bad. Like we have to take her. And they're like, no, fuck you. Like she's one of us. That's that's such a metaphor for, uh, we women have to stand up to the men oligarchy. Women got to stick together. Have you been watching crazy ex-girlfriend? Uh, so I, they gave the whole thing, the whole first season away on iTunes for free for mm-hmm. four-year consideration stuff. Yep. And I didn't watch it when it was on the air. I watched the sh- – because I, I work in the um, entertainment industry, so I get a lot of the pilots before they come out. So yeah. I got the Showtime pilot, uh-huh. which if you ever want to see it, it's, it's different. I, I want to see that. <laughs> because it's it's the one that they made for Showtime, so there's a, there's more like, sex stuff. Like mm-hmm. there's She's like watching porn in one scene. She's like – motorboating a stripper at one scene she i need this. they they originally the daryl character was played by the guy from mad tv mcdowell the guy who played oh okay uh it was just like a different like way of yeah. doing it and uh there's another podcast called script notes where they rachel bloom and uh, uh god i hate it because i know her name really well uh devil wears prada girl eileen uh, eileen brosh mckenna yeah uh we're on talking about the differences and having to do that and how the show works there's a there's a moment with a crying blowjob i heard hand. i've heard about this scene and i would kill to see I'll it i'll give it to you i'll give it to <laughs> you. i would love that so, but uh i i do really like crazy actress girlfriend i'm getting through it now yeah, yeah. i'm just i'm not caught up all the way yeah i just say that because there's one song in it that um the one the the character who's responsible for negging other female characters which is essentially like Listen, like we're friends, but like you gotta lose some weight. Yeah, it's like the whole like I'm gonna be nice to you, but also like I'm gonna be a big old bitch to you. The mean girl. The mean girl who thinks that she's doing right. Like mm-hmm. it's and it's not her fault because she was conditioned by society to believe that women are competition to each other and yeah. not friends. They they can't be friends because they're all vying for the same thing, which is a man. Yep. Um, and that's what the whole song is about. And I feel like uh, comics like A Force show that like women can stick together and not have to fucking bring each other well, down constantly. Well, listen, I have a feeling that, I mean, we're just living in this, we're, we're not going to be able to see the world when uh, a lot of preconceived notions and a lot of stuff, like, we still live in a world where our parents remember civil rights, like, mm-hmm. where, like, women and black people couldn't vote, and, yeah. like... We're, we're, we're going to tell our kids to be like, at one point, gay people weren't allowed to get married. And they're going to be like, that's fucking weird. Why was that the way the world worked? <laughs> well, and... our country's super young, too. Like, no, that's the other thing. It's like, it's it's crazy how fucking young our well, country is. Well, that's the thing. I mentioned this it. in the past. Like, I'm on, one of my favorite Doctor Who things is Captain Jack Harkness, because he's so far in the future. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, he's he's bisexual? Like, no, he's just from the 52nd century. It's just how the <laughs> world works. Yeah. Like, like, everyone just sleeps with everyone, and it's yeah, fine. Yeah. I would love to live in that time. <laughs> that, was, that was college for you, Neil. You did yeah, that. Yeah, and I still do that to this day. <laughs> Tried to pick up my Lyft driver last night. Did not work. Was he not gay? Oh, no, he was. But he was like, I got to work. And I was like, that's cool. <laughs> oh, I was no. like, it's Pride Weekend. And you're going to make a lot of money. Go out there. <laughs> Get out there, Lyft driver. <laughs> you go make your coin. <laughs> Neil, I think you got to write a blog about like continually trying to pop p- pick up Lyft drivers. You know, I've thought about it. I really have <laughs> thought about it. And I, actually, when I called the car, I even turned to my friend and I was like, this guy's cute. And that's that's where my head's at these days. Great. Uh, so back to women. <laughs> back to women. I would actually, I would be interested in what um, well, what's your like uh, favorite female super or character? I guess like. I mean, I always, I would always tell people uh, in college just to like, not like like not like a pretentious asshole, but like be like, I know more than you. I was like, my favorite character is Jessica Jones. Yeah. And they're like, who's that? And I was like, you don't even know. Um, You're such an asshole. I am such an asshole. Um. But I'm a feminist asshole, which yeah. is great. Which means you're allowed to be an asshole. <laughs> exactly. No, that's that's a, a horrible that's a horrible preconceived notion about feminists. Do not believe that. Whoever's listening to this, um, but no, I think my favorite. Wait, character... wait. Can you answer a question? Yeah, yeah. All feminists are lesbians, right? Yes, we are. <laughs> I myself am also a raging lesbian. <laughs> um, but no, I think my favorite character overall would have to be the Scarlet Witch, because that girl has just been through it. 
Like she has been around for. I read House of M. House I know of... how. I know how bad it gets. She. She just. You know what? Do. You... <sighs> she couldn't have babies with her android synthesoid husband, so she created them and made their souls from the souls of two um people from the Demon Mephisto. And then he was like, "No, I'm gonna take them back." And then she went fucking nuts. Do you know what my favorite incarnation of Scarlet Witch is? Which one? X Men Evolution. Where she's in the mental institution, and then there's the fight in the mall. Yep. That's her first release. And like, oh, God, she is the most powerful. She really is. She's like, she is one of the most powerful women in the universe uh, next to Jean Grey. And I love Jean Grey. I love her so much. Like, But Jean Grey just gets angry, and then everything explodes. She gets angry, and sometimes it's a clone of her, and sometimes it's like an alternate timeline of her. So, like, we don't oh, God, really there are know so, what's there happening. There are so many, like, clo- like, like, there's so many kids, like, oh, that's Scott and Jean's kid, but that's the son of the clone of Jean Grey yeah, and Madeline. Scott and and then the, uh, I lose track it's it's hard and like there's like so many like weird like half sibling relationships though yeah, like they like have I, the exact same well, DNA well like one, one of my favorite comic book characters just from because I didn't read comic books so my only really introduction was the X-Men, Evolu- uh, X-Men mm-hmm. Evolution X-Men the Animated Series I loved Cable yeah. I, I've always loved Cable I always used to pick him for Marvel vs. Capcom <laughs> and everyone would be like why is, who's this guy in this game I'm like oh Cable's awesome and then I'm like I, so I got I haven't read them they're literally sitting on my bookcase sh- ready for me to read them mm-hmm. are Messiah Complex and Second Coming Messiah Complex is great Messiah Complex and Second Coming but that has to deal with like isn't there like a lot of lineage stuff in that like there's, uh, there's no Hope Summers and you, okay and... they don't they never really directly address who Hope Summers is and I don't think they have to this day okay um they do imply that she is a potential conduit for the Phoenix Force her and the Scarlet Witch are and if you ever read I would suggest reading Messiah Complex Second Coming and then read Avengers versus X Men. I know that, all, that that leads into yeah it. they all tie in very well together and it's actually and that's, a, the, and that's my problem with comics is like there's no especially in the Marvel DC all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. they all lead into the next thing like yeah. Civil War led into led into Secret Invasion yeah and Se- and then Bucky becoming Cap because Cap dies yeah spoiler oh god um, the fact that they didn't do that. You in the movie, I I hoped so. I hoped they would. I hoped someone was gonna die, but I went to the movie that, and I was that, like, "That was that was a weird thing that not one person." Yeah, died. they they like kind of like not they didn't like they were like who's gonna survive? It was just kind of like you had a feeling something was gonna happen, but I think they're yeah. gonna save that for Infinity. Infinity War Part One to get you to come back for the second one. Um, but I went to the movie and I was like, if they do anything to fucking hurt the Scarlet Witch, one of the only powerful female characters in this universe, I will go fucking ballistic. Because she's on par with all of these characters. Like, I love Black Widow. She's a great character. She's an interesting, complex woman. I would love to see her solo film, if and when it ever does get made. Um, but I'd also like to see the Scarlet Witch solo film. I would love to see... I would literally watch a two-hour-long movie of her and the Vision cooking in matching sweaters. <laughs> like, I would just love... Like, that well, would Paul be adorable. Be- Paul, Paul Bettany is just like... He chews the scenery and all the... Uh, and all those scenes, like you just are drawn to him. Yeah, he's he, so charismatic, and it's so frustrating to like watch him be this android who you're like, I would have sex with you. <laughs> what? How do I do that? So, is there any other final stuff that we want to wrap up with female Marvel people? If anyone would like to get into the like whole female narrative of Marvel characters and they don't know where to start, I would highly suggest reading Joss Whedon's run on Astonishing X-Men, the four volumes that are collected in trade paperbacks. I watched the animation of the first six issues. Yeah, no, and it's 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 it was a really faithful adaptation to what happened in the comics, but uh, he's gone on record saying that he based Buffy the Vampire Slayer off of Kitty Pride. And the fact that he got to write a story about Kitty Pride mm-hmm. yeah. returning to the X-Men after the loss of her love, Colossus, and then seeing, spoiler alert, the revival of Colossus and having to save him once again. Uh, he just does so many interesting things with these characters. It's one of the best storylines that Emma Frost has ever had. Like she's she's a stone she's cold cool bitch. Too. She's cool It stinks that they that they. I I really like First Class. I, a I lot like of, First Class. A lot of people didn't like First. I can't. My room. Me and my roommate argue about it. Like I really like First. I love all three of those movies. Mm-hmm. I liked X Men Apocalypse. Oh, I'm so sorry. It was fun. It was it was a fun. It was fine. It. it was fun. I loved the Quicksilver stuff. Mm-hmm. I I, I love again. I love that '90s X Men stuff, and that's Apocalypse. Yeah. So like, I mean, to, do I think like it wasn't the best portrayal of them? Sure, but I still enjoyed the movie. Yeah, you still had a fun time um, while watching it. And 
where's my point going with this? Oh, Emma Frost, they kind of, they could have kept her, I think they could have kept her around. They could have kept her and they could have introduced her as a foil to Jean Grey's character in the school because that would have been such a fun story to watch. As her, like, an instructor because she's older and... Well, no, because in the comics, her and, her and Jean end up kind of um, having this weird... Um, entanglement with scott like where yeah, scott so has like a, a triangle yes yeah, right? scott has when a they're both tele- telekinetic yeah and scott has a psychic romantic relationship with emma frost and then jean gray finds out she goes kind of nuts this is again like when she's alive jean gray has died 32 times in the marvel universe at least that i have counted whether it be alternate timelines um what ifs um future scenarios that poor girl has been through the ringer. And the fact that they have brought her back yet again yeah. in the comics as young Jean Grey. I was actually reading um, Civil War uh, the Civil, Civil War, War two, 2, the first issue of that. Um, and they even make a comment. They're like, bring in the young Jean Grey. And it's just like the fact like they keep bringing her back and they keep because there's so much to do with the character. And I would love to see how Emma Frost interacts with her now. Yeah. Like having her because now even in the all new X-Men, she was kind of an instructor. Like she was like, oh, fuck this bitch is back like mm. this is this sucks um and they had like a whole like psychic battle and it was so fun and so weird um but emma frost character in those comics is just like so spot on like he knows how to write her cool so the way we end our show we do this thing called the suggest this we suggest something to our listeners mm-hmm. it could be like a life hack it could be uh words of wisdom it could be something to read to watch to listen mm-hmm. uh do you got anything um i would highly suggest as per my suggestions on this podcast so far um watch crazy ex-girlfriend and read joss whedon's run on astonishing x-men two very different demographics <laughs> but i think that if you like one you'll like the other the astonishing x-men thing that i always see and it was something i always clocked when i when i watched that like animated thing is mm-hmm. a wolverine is like why are we wearing these costumes and then scott's like because we're superheroes, and, pe- <laughs> and that's what superheroes do. Mm-hmm. We wear costumes. It's essentially the whole, like, it's aesthetic, bitch. Yeah. Like, enjoy it. Um, I'll suggest this book that I've been reading. It's called But What If We're Wrong? It just came out. It's by my favorite author, Chuck Klosterman. I'm not done reading it. It's great, though, already. It's literally going in uh, just by looking at the past and saying, like, wow, we were wrong about all these things we believe so inherently. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does that say about all the stuff that we believe in? And he brings up like two, the two points are gravity. Like for a long time, people just believed that gra- the gravity was not, a, we didn't have the, that word. We just listened to Aristotle. The reason rocks fell to the ground when you threw them up was because that's where the rock wanted to be. And everybody always believed that until Isaac Newton saw it. Mm-hmm. And then Isaac Newton's thing's only been around for a couple hundred years. And we and people like always say like, that is a definitive thing. We know there's gravity. But what if in 500 years, somebody's like, oh, Wow, we were all really wrong about that. And then they also look at Moby Dick, and they say Moby Dick wasn't appreciated in its time. People wrote it off. It didn't. In the author's lifetime, he was like, "That's one of the biggest mistakes I made," and he mm-hmm. died. And then in the resurgence in World War One, but now everyone empirically says Moby Dick is one of the greatest written pieces of and how we examine literature. Mm-hmm. And but people were wrong about that. And it's like, what are we going to be wrong about? What what do we believe in now that we're going to be wrong about? Okay. And it's really interesting. And I love Chuck Klosterman. He's a pop culture writer. He mm-hmm. wrote for. He writes for Esquire and Grantland. He was a movie critic. He wrote a bunch of books, which are awesome. Fargo Rock City, Sex, Drugs, and Cocoa Puffs. Sex, Drugs, and Cocoa Puffs is the gateway Costerman book. Read that. I've heard that. My friends in high school all loved it. Love it. Uh, but that's it. Read, but uh, go out and get, but uh, what if we're wrong? Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'll go the opposite. Uh, I've been, I've been uh, really getting into craft beers over the last, like, eight years <laughs> of my life. Uh, I would just say this. If you're ever in L.A. or if you're visiting L.A. and you really like IPAs, I'm not a huge IPA person myself. Not a huge one either. But uh, I know it's a very popular thing. Uh, I would say that probably the best IPA that you will ever have is at a place called the El Segundo Brewing Company. It's just south of uh, LAX in El Segundo. It's uh, it's a little out of your way if you're visiting L.A., but uh, if you want to have a really great um, IPA, Look that up and try it out. I'm not sure if you could get it outside of California, but um, I'm sure you can order it online. You might be able to order it online, but check out the El, Sabund- El Segundo Brewing Company. They're they have they're that's pretty much all they do is make IPAs, and their IPAs are nothing but award winners. So if you like IPAs, check it out. Cool. All right. I you was need- just there the other day, and it was awesome. It was super fun. Neil, do you have anything going on you want to plug? 
Um, I have my comic, which is coming out uh, end of this summer, early fall. Self-published? Self-published. Uh, the Super Improbability of Marcus Egan's Heartbreak. It's did, all about superheroes. Did you ink it too? Uh, no. I actually had a really talented artist named Patrick who has been working on it uh, this entire time. So we've been going back and forth. Um, we still have the ongoing uh, donation page. So if anyone wants that, we're on Indiegogo if you want to look us up. Uh, uh, I'll put the link in the show notes. Thank you. Yeah, get uh, get your copy before uh, I print the first round because that might be the only time that we print it unless somebody reads it and they're like, this is fucking great. <laughs> um, it's all about it's all about love and superheroes and what if your ex is actually just a reformed supervillain? Like, do you forgive them or do you uh, still hold that against them? So it's all about forgiveness. This is an allegory for Nazism, isn't it? No, it's an allegory for all the shitty people I've dated in the past. <laughs> <laughs> um, all the supervillains you used to make out with. Yep, no, and they are still running around wreaking <laughs> havoc on this city. <laughs> But yeah, that's uh, that's it. It's been fun. It's been good. It's been a uh, it's been a labor of love, and I'm excited for the world to finally have this. Great, be done. Cool. Anything awesome. else? Um, I'm, I'm on YouTube. I don't post that often right now, but uh, what? I know. I thought that was your thing. No, yeah, I've uh, I've been doing this little thing called Living Life. What? It's been wonderful. I um, thought all you did was read comics, watch TV, and do YouTube videos. You know, I and, and, and work out. It's it's like one of those things where like I had to cut a few things in my life to to be happy with life and i was like this is great like i don't have to be stressed all the time yeah so if i if anything i would highly suggest my other my other thing i would suggest is self-love like (laughs) take care of yourself people don't stress yourself out put yourself first in a sexy way don't be afraid i was in one of neil's videos that was like the one that like went like viral that That like people were like oh we're watching this and it was on all the websites and all that stuff there are gifts of mike around there talking about men and dicks and what I made him I made him use my grinder account. It was <laughs> nah. it was street guys using grinder. Perfect. Uh, you I think you just like Chad's like I'm watching that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, hmm. Uh, but great. Uh, you can, remember everyone re, uh, subscribe to us on YouTube on YouTube on uh, <laughs> iTunes. Uh, you haven't got our review. YouTube uh, channel up yet. Mike? <laughs> we, we don't. We have no videos. We have we have two videos that we posted on the Facebook page, Facebook.com/slash/this on that, <laughs> and you can find me on Twitter at mcelary. And remember to always go to mikecelary.com for the episode show notes. You can also download the episodes there and listen to them there too. Yay! Yeah. Yeah. I'm at Chad Fogelin on Twitter. I post on there every now and then. And I'm a, I'm a, at Neil underscore McNeil on Twitter, and I shit post a lot. There you go. And that's his real name, everybody. Yeah, no, that's real. That's a, that's not a fake thing. <laughs> well, have a great day, everybody. Read comics. Bye. Thank you. The Nerdist School Network. For class and show information, visit NerdistSchool.com. Have you ever been listening to NPR and thought to yourself, gosh, I love the human interest aspect, the dulcet voices of the hosts, the promise of totes, but I just hate how true it all is. That's where we come in. It's This American Lie, an hour of improvised NPR. We're a lot like that other show, but we make it all up in front of a live audience every second Saturday at the Nerdist School stage. Find show and ticket information at NerdistSchool.com or catch the podcast on the Nerdist School Network. Search for us on iTunes.